0: Welcome to the Language and Literacy Collective podcast, where we share tips and strategies to support language development and encourage a love of literacy in all children. This podcast is hosted by two sisters who share a passion for all things language and literacy. I'm
1: Liz, a speech therapist and behavior analyst. And I'm Stephanie, a literacy specialist and former classroom teacher. Our goal is to make literacy inclusive and accessible to all by equipping parents and teachers with the tools necessary to best support their kiddos. Now let's get started with today's episode. hi
0: everyone today we have Megan on the podcast from I have a book for that and um, I know Megan and Stephanie have an Instagram friendship but I don't know a lot about Megan I've been following along for a while but I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better Megan thank you so much for joining us
2: you're welcome thanks for having me guys absolutely
0: so we want to get into I know on your Instagram you focus a lot on diversifying books in schools and you're an advocate for that. So we wanna talk a lot about that today, but before we jump in, can you just let us know a little bit about who you are, maybe your history personally, professionally, and how you got to where you are today?
2: Yeah, um, so I live in Somerville, South Carolina. It's near Charleston, if you're not familiar. Um, And I'm married, my husband is not a reader like I am. And we have one son, he's nine, almost 10. So that's been fun. Um, He's more of the reader in the family. I have two dogs. They're both rescues, Lincoln and Roosevelt. Um, I like to read, obviously. When I'm not reading, I like to travel, plan, and travel, which doesn't happen a lot lately. I really miss traveling. Um, And I grew up just around books all the time. My grandpa liked to read and my dad liked to read. So then I like to read as well. Um, professionally, I'm a teacher, this is my six year teaching, and I actually didn't always want to be a teacher. I feel like everyone's like, oh, I wanted to be a teacher since I was in like kindergarten, kind of the Matilda story, I feel like, but that wasn't me. I actually wanted to be a doctor for a long time, which I don't know why, because I cannot stand the sight of blood or anything gory, um, and it wasn't until my 11th grade year of high school that I decided I wanted to be a teacher, because I had a teacher, Ms. Pablisco, She would let me do extra credit projects and like read books and then present on them to the class. And she was like, Oh, I think you'll be a teacher one day. And I'm still like, no way, like not me. That's not for me at all. Um, so then my I guess it was my senior year, because the next school year I was like, oh, I do want to be a teacher. Um and I told her and she was surprised, but here I am. And I didn't become a teacher traditionally. I went to college right after high school, of course, like most people. Um, and then I had my son, so that kind of deterred my plans a little bit. And then I got married a few years later. Um, I worked in banking for a long time throughout that. And then I went back to school. So I always wanted to be a teacher during that time. I just kind of had some crossroads um, along the way. But here I am. So I'm an older teacher. I'm 33, year six of teaching. It's just
1: your birthday.
2: Yeah, it was just my birthday. It's still my birthday. It's, <laughs> it's my birthday, birthday all month. Whole month. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a birthday brat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Can you tell us a little bit about your Instagram accounts and the platform that you've created?
2: Yeah, so a lot of people don't realize this, but it was actually my son's Instagram because he wanted to have a YouTube so bad of like reviewing books. And I don't like doing the YouTube thing because it takes so long to upload. I was like, well, let's just do Instagram. So it was his Instagram for a while. And I think it was like Mason Reads or something like that. Um, but then we would go places and I would bring books. And I would always say, oh guys, I have a book for that, like all the time. So I was like, that's a really cool like name. So I started the Facebook page and then I changed his Instagram to my Instagram and I changed the name to, I have a book for that. But F-O-R was already taken. So that's why I have the number four, but I like the number four. It's it's not, it's not been bad. Cool. So my Instagram's kind of new. I switched it over to like my own, I guess April of last year. Okay. But I don't know when I started his. I feel like everyone does their anniversary, but I don't know mine, so I feel bad. I wish I did.
1: You make up a date.
2: So if you (laughs) scroll way back, that's why you see a lot of pictures of him with like books and stuff, because it was his.
1: Yeah, cool. So speaking of your Instagram account, we know that you highlight books with diverse characters. How do you choose books for your family and for your classroom and then the ones that you decide to share um, through your Instagram account?
2: Yeah. So a lot of people are surprised that my son's nine and we still do a bedtime story every night. I and mean, a lot of people who know me in real life are very surprised by that, but he loves picture books and I think they're for everyone. Um, so I usually start by like what interests him. He's really into soccer. Um, so I pick a lot of books about soccer or like games. Um, I also try to find books that mirror the world around us, the characters who look like him or his friends. And we have a lot of Hispanic and Asian friends. So I pick a lot of books that um, mirror our friends and the world around us, even if we don't have friends um, that match the characters in the books that we're reading. I also like to choose books that are written by own voices author. So if we're reading a book with an Asian character, I prefer for that book to be written by an Asian author. Um, And that's not always achievable, but that's my goal.
1: Yeah, it can be difficult to find own voices books. Hopefully publishing companies are going to do their best to represent.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's the hardest to find books with disabled characters written Mm -hmm. by disabled authors. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a really good bookstagram friend who has a disability and she's like my go to when picking up those books, but even she says like there's not many good ones. So hopefully we can change that.
1: Yeah,
0: that would be great. Um, so, um, so that's kind of how you choose your books, basically for your, your own family. Is that how you choose your books for your students and the ones that you're also sharing on your Instagram.
2: Yeah, very similar to my students and a lot of books you find on my Instagram. I also read to my students. Um, I do a reading interest survey with my students every year at the beginning of the year. So I try to find books that match their interest. And I also try to find books that match my classroom makeup. I teach at a very diverse school, so mm-hmm. I have all kinds of students in my classroom. So I want them to see themselves in the books and their friends as well.
0: Okay. I love that. So would you say that's kind of what your recommendation is for parents and educators that are looking to diversify their libraries, like focus on the own voices books, Um, anything else you would add to that?
2: Yeah, own voices books are very important. Um, And just make sure that your bookshelf matches the world around you. Um, I know there are those like book surveys that you can do to see what kind of characters you have. Those are really good, you can find those online. There's also a rainbow book list that I really like if you're struggling you can use that and it'll have like 50 books with all different kinds of characters. Okay. So just making sure your bookshelf matches the world that you see around you.
0: Awesome, that's a simple tip, but I think something that everybody like doing, doing an audit of your home library and doing audit. An audit.
2: Yes, that's the word.
0: Yeah, oh, there we go.
1: <laughs> I think BookSource came out with a really good way to audit your library, I believe on their website. Um, they have, for you to take inventory and kind of make sure that your classroom libraries are representing all of your students and, you know, the, the world around them. So that's, a good, that's definitely a good thing to do. I know that teachers have such a hard time getting rid of books, but it's also important to go through your books and make sure, like what you include is as important as what you don't include.
2: So I say yes. that? Yes. <laughs> no that's yes really good because I was reading a novel to my students and I won't say the title of it but it like the words and the things they were doing are just like so antiquated that even I was like I don't think I know what that means so I was like we probably should not read this one anymore like it's way too outdated so I can't throw away books I have a hard time doing that but I do shove them in my closet or I'll donate them to the neighborhood libraries in my neighborhood
0: Yeah, we we kind of touched on that with um, Alyssa from Children's Lit World too, because she has the whole Reconsider Lit series. So kind of thinking about- I love her series. Yeah, yeah, thinking about some of those books that are like those like tried and true books that maybe like evoke some sense of like- Yeah, like classic that evoke some sense of like nostalgia that you read as a kid, but kind of looking at those from a more critical lens and like, should these be books that are included in our libraries today? So I know you, you share a lot on your Instagram of, of all of your favorite books, but it may be hard for you to kind of name a few, but do you have any that you would wanna share kind of with our audience as some some big favorites?
2: Yeah, it's always hard to pick a favorite book. Um, I always just say like my favorite books are books with brown and black kids just living life. Um, there's so many books like that where brown and black people are being oppressed and those books do have a place. I'm not saying don't read them. Um, But I feel like that should not be your whole library. So if you're diversifying it, side note, um, I told my principal, can we add books to our library that have Black people that are not slaves? Because I felt like we had a lot of books with brown characters, but they were like slaves or um, during segregation, being oppressed. Um, So my favorite books are are books with kids that are Black or brown, just living normal life. So one that I like to use as, as an example a lot is the Jabari books. Jabari jumps and Jabari tries. He's just being like a normal kid, trying something new, being afraid of something, just living a normal life, not being oppressed. I also really like the magical yet. Um, I feel like it's a book that all kids can relate to. It's about trying to do something and failing, but then not saying, oh, I can't do this at all. Just saying I can't do it yet. Um, and the character in that book is a black little girl. So I love that book. I also like the Izzy Gizmo series with um it's a black girl as well she's a scientist in the book so those are really good um but my favorite books i would just say have brown and black characters just living everyday life awesome i love love
0: that that you said that you still read to your uh, son you said is nine and you're still doing read alouds of, of picture books i feel like that's awesome there was some study a few years ago i don't know if it was a scholastic study but like as the um age of the child i mean it's it's not surprising, but as a child gets older, you know, parents are reading to them less and less. And I think there's still so much value, even as a child is able to read themselves, engaging in that shared reading experience. Um, So I think
2: that's great that you're still doing that with your son. Yes, I love reading to him, It's my favorite. I read to my husband too. (laughs) (laughs) And the dogs, maybe? (laughs) I could read to them. I might read that new book I got today to them.
1: I know, I'm so excited today um, in the world, today is January 19th, Champ and Major, the first dog's book was just released and I'm super excited because we have a big-
2: so cute.
1: Tomorrow, um, Inauguration Day. And I will certainly be sharing that with my my youngest students tomorrow. So I know you read quite a bit of middle grade novels. Um, Do you have any recommendations, um, maybe a few titles of your like favorite middle grade novels?
2: Oh, that word, that favorite word again. It's so hard to pick a favorite book. I really love From the Desk of Zoe Washington. I've read that twice. Um, I read it to myself, and then I read it to my students. I like Blended by Sharon Draper. Also love Stella by Starlight by her. What other middle grade books? Oh, there's a new one that I just got called, um, Root Magic, and I'm excited to read that one because it's set in my state of South Carolina and it's about the culture here. So I'm really excited for that one. can't call it a favorite yet, because I haven't read it, but I'm sure it will be. Okay. And oh, I really like Land of the Cranes. I just read that one. That was good too. There's so many books. <laughs> All of them are my favorite.
1: <laughs> well, you do have a book for everything. So. Yes. May as well have lots, you have lots of favorites.
2: And my favorite adult books. Oh, I love yeah. Tiffany Jackson. Okay, <laughs> She's one of my favorite authors. I'm reading a book by her now. Also and she's coming out with a middle grade book, I think, and a picture book. So y'all have to oh, check that out. True. Yeah. Wow. And okay. I guess she really writes YA. She's not like an adult author, I guess. But...
1: YA is awesome. I love YA. Yeah, y- y- like. y- it has like really complex themes and really like well-developed characters. But it, you like, it's a lot easier to read than adult novels. Like you can like fly, fly through them. Um, sometimes I'm like, this
2: is like for high school kids. Well, that's
1: also surprising too. Yeah, <laughs> so when we read parachutes, that was um, like I don't, I wasn't reading books like that. In
2: Me either. I think I was still reading middle grade in high
1: school.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, well,
1: this is awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and talking about books um
2: thanks for having me about that wasn't as scary as i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah thank you so much and if anybody
0: else wants to find you go to i have a book for that with the the number four um yes number four yeah for more awesome book recommendations so thanks so much megan
2: you're welcome thanks
0: guys so much for tuning in to our episode with Megan from I Have a Book for That. In other news, we have been super busy over here at the Language Literacy and Play Collective. We recently launched our website and have also been working away on our upcoming course that will be out in the next month or so. Head to our website www.languageliteracyplay.com to check it out and sign up for our email list for tons of free resources and so you can be the first to know when our course is released. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you again next time.